It's your girl, LaMonica Shantice, coming to you with another episode of From My Own Personal Perspective, and that's yours. This is season one still, episode two. So, I am so glad when I'm done with this season of my life. Because as I stated before in my first podcast, this was not supposed to be a podcast about my personal situation involving my son. But since I had this platform, I, I said to myself, I'm going to use this platform to seek help for my family situation and to prayerfully advocate or be the voice for somebody else who may be experiencing some of the same things that I am, um, who's, you know, hit brick walls trying to get help for a family member or even themselves because I've been hitting brick walls. Now, um... To bring you up to date for someone who's just joining us, this is my third podcast. The first one I marked as episode zero because that was not supposed to be what my podcast is supposed to be about. My podcast is based on my book from my own personal perspective and not yours. Whereas though I'm able to share my thoughts, ideas, and opinions about what it is that I think, how I feel, and encouraging other people to use their own personal thoughts and feelings around what it is that they want to say independently from somebody else without them trying to regulate or rebut what it is that they're thinking and feeling. Because as you know, a lot of people want you to be under them and they want control of you in their life to make them feel big. It's called having an ego, being a bully. So what I did was I decided to write because I found that when um, I write, nobody can rebut me at the time. Write, publish a book, can't nobody rebut me. I ain't got to worry about listening to what nobody's saying unless they say it openly. And at that point, I don't care because I done already said what I had to say by scribing it without interruption. And so I found a lot of comfort in writing because I I will always be interrupted. And, you know... um when I had thoughts or opinions and bullied to submit to somebody else's thoughts or opinions. And I didn't think that was fair. I don't think that's fair to nobody, you know. And when you're having a conversation with somebody and you might be in a room or in a group or just a one-on-one, you know, with somebody who may be kind of intimidating to you, you know, um, and you're having that conversation with them, And, you know, sometimes you don't freely express yourself or your true thoughts or opinions, or they may tell you, well, you're wrong about this. And, uh, you know, they'll use their aggressiveness in their tone to make you stand down from what you know and or believe. So that's the purpose of me, um, you know, writing my book from my own personal perspective and not yours. It gave me a chance to just get out there. I ain't got to worry about nobody saying anything. I was just writing freely, just being me. And boy, oh boy, did a whole lot of stuff come out. And so, um, that, you know, that's, I'm the author of that book. And I'm also the author of a book, I Hate My Job, that will be released in early 2020. So, bringing you up to speed with who I am. These podcasts has been about my son. I live in Washington, D.C. I have a son that's 16 years old. He put the basketball down and picked up drugs. He's been using drugs, from my knowledge, ever since last year. And the first encounter that I was aware of was in school. I received a phone call from school 
The school didn't want to address the issue. I asked for help. They didn't want to address the issue. They didn't send any notices out to the families about the children being exposed to the smell of any type of substances, which I thought that was very lame because if my child was exposed to substances, you know, I would want to know about that. You know, if they have any type of hazard chemical release in the school, they would send something out about that, gas or anything, carbon monoxide. So I thought that, you know, it was kind of disrespectful the way that my son had that first floor lit up with the smell of uh, substances, which is that authentic marijuana. You should have you should have let parents know, know about that because it wasn't contained. It was out so that everyone can smell that. And so, like I said in my earlier episodes, the schools was not concerned, but his high school was not concerned about getting help for my son. Every time I would say, well, what do we do? This and the third, they did nothing. They did not suspend him. They did not expel him. And that raised my suspicion. And what I found out, or what I concluded, um, based on my opinion, was that all they cared about was numbers, per pupil funding, test scores, and rankings. So they did not need anything like that blemishing their reputation. And that's how I looked at it at the end of the day. So my son, just another little black boy that's going to wind up what they uh, call a statistic. First and foremost, because the, the, the entities that are in place, the educational system, the, the, um, these juvenile programs, these mentor programs, these community-based organizations, ain't none of them. None of them. And I done been everywhere. I get up and I go seek for help for my son like it's an eight-hour job. None of them has uh, reached back in to help me. All I got was text messages. And can't nobody lie because I got them all on my phone. I've gotten text messages saying that I'm going to get back in touch with you. I got phone uh, calls saying that I'm going to get back in touch with you. I reached out to basketball coaches in D.C. because I figured that would inspire him with that basketball, so we can bring that back up and rekindle his, you know, his likeness to basketball and try to heal him through his sport. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But guess what everybody tell me? Oh, I'm going to get back to you. I got some, I'm, I'm going to do, we're going to do this. Mom, it's going to be okay. I ain't heard from no goddamn body. I have not heard from nobody. I go out to meetings and I stand up in meetings and I say, my son is dying of drugs. Can somebody help me? You know, I would collect phone numbers and all that. I don't know what I'm going to do with the phone numbers because I'm kind of lost right now because I'm pretty much by myself trying to figure this thing out. I'm trying to figure this thing out, hold my family together that I have here, the, the smaller children. Um, I homeschool my children. I have a 13-year-old that's watching everything. And what's sad about that is that these behaviors tend to trickle down. They, they tend to trickle down. So, you know, I'm kind of all over the place dealing with that situation. And it takes from the children that you have at home. And what happens is when you're done with that one situation, you done lost those other kids. Now they're experiencing some type of behavior because they saw that the negative behavior was getting all the attention. So you see, you got to be careful. Yes, parents need help too. Married, single, poly, 
I don't give a shit. Same sex, triple sex, alien. I don't care if you coupled up and you're trying to raise children, then you need help. You will need help and assistance from somebody on the outside. Or if you got a good family, I'm just not that fortunate to have that, you know, family support. So I had no choice but to go outside and seek help. And believe me, this is my first time because doors have been slammed in my face so many times. I have been degraded. I have been looked down on. I have been talked about in the past when people will invite you in to all and offer you help. And then they'll get you there and they'll talk about you like a dog and make you feel like shit. So, you know, now that I'm at the point, I don't give a damn about what nobody got to say. This is my son. I need help as a parent. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to do what I got to do to make this thing work. You know, and I feel like if something, you know, dramatic was to happen in this um, situation that I'm going through with my son, because it's very dangerous and it's very scary. And I'm always up at night. I might doze off, but I wake up and that's it for the rest of the night. Um, it, you know, no matter what the outcome of this whole situation is, I want to be able to say that as a parent, I've done everything that I can do, everything that I can do. I don't want to be bitter, you know, in the end, if something was to come out and nobody helped me, but it always take the sacrifice of somebody's life in order for somebody to listen. And I make these podcasts because I guarantee you it's going to circle around back to what I've been saying. And I go out and I talk to people all the time. So let me give you yesterday. Yesterday I was sitting um, in the lobby of the Department of Behavioral Health. That's the Mental Health Authority in Washington, D.C. And, you know, I'm going to try not to say no name. If it slipped, oh, well, who cares? I don't give a shit because I'm sick of people. I'm sick of titles. I'm sick of pressed black suits. I'm sick of skirt suits and dress suits. I'm sick of all that shit because people put that shit on and they hide behind it. You know what I'm saying? And they got just as many problems as you. They might not be your kind of problems, but they they, they got problems. They got shit that they deal with on a smaller level that they feel like you feel dealing with these big things. Some people can't take everything you can take. And you know, when they say, God, don't put no more on you than what you can handle, you best believe that. So don't be looking at other people's lives and saying, hey, you know, stuff like that don't happen over there. You know, they, 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 they good. You know, why I got to have all this big stuff happening to me? Well, guess what? That little stuff that happened to them feel like or more than that big stuff that's happening to you because they couldn't, they could not dare to stand all that you can withstand as a human being. They couldn't dare to withstand it. Believe me, believe me. So don't ever compare your life to the next man because you hoping that you will have it easy or wish you had it easy because it looked like that over there. You don't know the tolerance level of a person to make the determination of whether they have it easy or not. So therefore, I don't I don't judge. I don't look at other people. I don't compare my life to nobody else's. All I do is just do LaMonica Shanties and as much as I can, I serve people. I serve people when I'm low and I serve people when I feel high. So and I don't mean high drugs, I mean high in spirit, you know, and I try to keep my spirit high. But what I'm saying is this, I ran into a lady and she's supposed to be like, um, like, uh, 
she's the president of a national mental health association, right? And so I ran into her and I said, hey, aren't you so-and-so, so-and-so? She was like, yeah, I think I know you. You look familiar and so, so, so. So we had this conversation. Mind you, I never told her anything personal about my personal situation. But I was like, I might need to talk to you and get behind your group, you know, your organization to see if we can talk about getting some treatment uh, inpatient facilities for these kids in D.C. But I never really got to get down you know, into it with her because from my personal perspective and not yours, when I was talking to her, she cared to tell me how long she'd been doing the work, that she's been doing the work for a long time, that she's ready to retire. And I'm sitting here like, I don't care about that shit. Like y'all old folk get in these positions and hold on to them because y'all make me feel like y'all, this shit making y'all feel significant. I'm saying to myself, why do people get in stuff and don't pass the baton and then act like can't nobody else do the job better than them but them? You know what I'm saying? And I said to her, I said, yeah, I understand because you feel like can't nobody do it like you. And if you, if you retire, stuff ain't going to get done. I said, won't you pass it down to somebody else, right? These older folk don't want to do that. Because they always want to hold the ribbon and they want to brag about how they've been doing the work for over a hundred years and all this and talk. Lady, I'm not here to talk to you about your resume. Okay. So then she started to tell me about everybody got a story. You got a story. See, that's another thing I don't like. Okay. Because one thing about me, I'm not selfish. So I told her, she said, but how do we fix this? How do we fix this? I said, miss, I'm not in the business of fixing anything. <laughs> okay. See, so when you talk to people, this is the kind of mindset they have. You got to listen to people when they talk. That's why we all fucked up right now. Because everybody want to fix something. They want to fix another human being. And when you talk like that out your mouth, it makes, it makes me run. Because if you've been in this business for all those years trying to serve people, I don't know if you're working or if you're serving, first of all. That's the first thing. And you start talking to me about fixing stuff and fixing people, me and you already can't have a conversation. Because I know that in order for a person to want to be right, they have to make that decision. You can you cannot do that for them. So then she went on to tell me, she said, well, they how would they know how, where to begin? I said, you inspire them and you support them. You don't fix nothing. You inspire the people. And then she was switching up my words. She was misinterpreting. I don't have time. Look, my son died. I ain't got time for this. I didn't say that to her. This is what I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? So when I talk to people, they, they just want to tell me, who they, I don't give a fuck about who you are and what you did 10 and 20 years before today. What are you willing to do from today on? I don't care about your past. The way I don't care about your past in a positive light, I wouldn't hold you to what you did in the past in a negative one. I like to talk about right now and what we can do moving forward because people change. People change from negative to positive, and people change from positive to negative. Show them a good dollar and watch they get off one bandwagon and get on another. So your past don't mean that much to me. I'm having a conversation with you right now, and I want to know what can we do. Because the past 
don't dictate the now or the future. Because with these older folk out here, who out here, they're supposed to be our champions for the community. When they out here, they out here stuck in the past. And so they trying to help us from a place that they stuck in. Okay, times have changed. Generations are different and they need to catch up and they need to get with the times and they need to learn how things are being done. Talk to the youth, talk to whoever it is that you need to talk to in the field that you work in so that you can always be up to par with what's going on and understand the need of the community. Well, nevertheless, the woman got a phone call. She got up and she went out and took a phone call. I was so glad because she almost felt made me feel like if I was who I was, I would have got discouraged off the break. I'd have been like, you know what? I used to look up to people and give them respect based on how everybody else treated them. I don't give a damn today if 50 million, 1100 people treat you, uphold you and respect you. And you got trophies and award from the President Kennedy, from President Obama and all these up. That shit don't mean nothing to me. It means nothing to me. The work that you did at the time, give you your pat on the back. Here's your cookie. Keep it moving. Let's keep working. But all that don't mean nothing because sometimes what you do ain't necessarily who you are. And I and I lost a lot of respect for a lot of leaders when I had personal relationships with them and they showed me they were somebody else behind closed doors. I don't like that kind of fake shit. From a child on up, I always despised it. I cannot stand it. And 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 people are so trickery out here. And I immediately lose respect for you when you show the public one face and then show me somebody else uh, behind closed doors because you like me. And, 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 and I'm a person that you can dress down in front of. I don't like it. So therefore, that's why I don't care about your trophies. That's why I don't care about your titles. And that's why I don't care about that nice suit you got on and everybody who come up and bow down to you. Because guess what? You and I both know that I know who you are that they don't know about you, if that makes sense. But nevertheless, I'm here still on my journey for my son. And the title of this episode is Missing Person. Missing Person. 2400 block of 14th Street Northeast, last seen August 12th, 2019. CCN numbers to reference this report 19147335. Missing person, December 2nd, 2019. CCN reference number 192. One zero eight two zero. My son missing again and again and again. All the city does take these reports, do a missing person return when the child comes back. The children see that there's no consequences and they do it again and again and again. And it is so dangerous out here. Kids are being kidnapped. Adults are being kidnapped. You know, and, and it's just so dangerous out here. And and guess what? I'm a mother that goes to bed at night, may doze off, wake up. That's it for me. That's it for me. So I have no choice but to lay in the bed, imagine tragedy, think positive, believe in God, lose my faith, 
get it again. So at night, I go through a round and round and rounds of emotional feelings, right? It is very hard to hold on to what you believe in strong when your child is out there, when nobody's listening to you and you know you praying and you say, God, you listening to me, but then your child doesn't come home. It's very hard. You're human. I don't care if somebody in church listening to this, you know, goddamn well, it is hard sometimes to hold on to your faith. Although, you know, it might be big one minute, real strong in it. And then I feel myself going down. Then I start thinking tragedy. And I start thinking, and then I say, no, I start thinking positive. Oh, he's playing basketball. He's, his outcome was great. He turned his life around. I go in between both of those things fighting. Every night I'm in here boxing, fighting, sweating with these thoughts, trying to stay on the positive outcome of what could happen because ain't no goddamn body helping me. Nobody's helping me or my family. His dad served Washington, D.C. as a metropolitan police officer for 30 years. His job ain't even appreciate him. No, no. His job didn't even appreciate him. It is so much. I can do episodes on the police department in D.C. alone. It is. It's, everything is ridiculous. It, it is. Everything is ridiculous. And that's why I say, in life, you better make it a business to save your goddamn self. If you lie weak, waiting for somebody to come save your ass, you can forget it. You better develop today the willpower to want to hold on and be better. Whether you're a drug user, whether you're somebody that came out of a divorce, a bad relationship, whether you got some terrible things in your past that you don't want anybody to know and you figure you should punish yourself for the rest of your life because of it, you better grab yourself by the bootstraps and you better get up and you say, you know what, the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. And you better start from that point on. Do not look back. Dream about what you want to see in your life moving forward, and you better walk towards that dream. You're going to fall as you walk towards that dream. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get scarred up. And believe me, it is not going to be easy. And you're going to want to look back and punish yourself. You know what? And if you do, get it together and keep moving until that weight comes off. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm doing what I got to do. To get what I need. We are all responsible for each other in this world. And I never understood that. I never. We are all connected in this world. And I never understood that. I never understood that until I start looking deep into myself as a human human being uh, on this earth. And meditating and, and just you know, being in silence. I never understood this. It's hard to explain because it takes deep, deep listening, deep soothing. You have to develop a understanding so that you can develop compassion. And when you do that, you would develop unconditional love. And that's what it's going to take in order for you to connect yourself with every living and breathing entity on this earth. So keep me and my family in your prayers um, as of today, December the 5th, 5th, is it the 5th? No, 6th, 
2006, I'm sorry, 2019, as of today, my son is missing. I have not seen him for two days. He is 16 years old. Keep me and my family in your prayers. Keep yourself in your own prayers. Before somebody else can pray for you, you make sure you're doing it for yourself as well. And um, I'm still on my journey. If anybody got any type of advice or anything that they can give me listening to this podcast, you can send a message. If you look, um, somehow you can send a message. I'm not sure. Um, or I can be emailed at L-A-M as in Mary, O-N as in Nancy, I-J-F as in Frank, at AOL.com. Again, my email address is L-A-M as in Mary, O-N as in Nancy, I-J-F as in Frank, at AOL.com. I'm, I'm taking prayers. I'm taking whatever you got. I'm taking it. Advice, I'm taking it. I don't care where you from. I, I Look, I ain't got no choice. Uh, any basketball players out there, any mentors out there who can help me or my son, I'm taking them. I'm taking them. Anything that can be done, any phone calls that can come through, I'm taking them. But again, um, pray for yourself or do what it is that you do for yourself before you allow anybody to come in and do it for you. Because if they can give it to you, they can take it away. Happy, happy Thursday. Be blessed and keep us in your prayers from my own personal perspective and not yours.